are the voyages of the starship Therapize. Its continuing mission, to explore strange inner worlds, to seek out new insights and new realizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Vulcan hover table. What, sir? Captain? Is that a board game? Yes, exactly. Remember? Today is the day you promised to learn my childhood favorite and all-time Earth classic, Parcheesy. Parcheese? Parcheesy! Now, while you get sorted, I'll start the intro. Hi, friends at home! I am Justine Mastin, LMFT, Yogini, writer, captain of this particular ship. Welcome aboard. And I'm Larissa Garski, licensed marriage and family therapist, writer, researcher, Spockian first officer, and I'm still very groggy. You certainly are not. Just a reminder to the listeners at home that just because we are therapists does not mean that we are your therapists. Unless, of course, we are your therapists. This podcast is for the purposes of education and humor and is not intended to replace seeing your own therapist. You know, when I agreed to learn to play this game with you... I did think we'd get started at a more reasonable hour. Well, no time like the present. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. What actually is Parcheesi? Well, it's it's a board game. So you see here we have this board. It's got <laughs> it's got a cross mm. with with little little walkies, and then it's got little circles. <laughs> I love that you call them little walkies. <laughs> And we're gonna and we're gonna roll dice in this mm -hmm. little in this little roller here, right? Little contraption, and then we'll find out where we can where we can go. And if you wind up with two pieces on the same spot, you've created a blockade. What is the, what is the goal of this particular game that involves both circles and crosses? I don't remember. Okay. Fair. I think to get to the center. Okay. Um, as I'm, I'm looking at, as I'm looking at it, it's, it feels very um, mon mandala esque, mandala esque. Yeah, it, it does look a bit like a mandala. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh wait, a blockade is formed when two pieces of a single player occupy the same space. I loved blockades. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> so. Uh, friends at home, you may have picked up that today's theme is is games. Mm -hmm. Um. And I, I was telling, I was telling Spock just the other day that uh, I, I loved playing board games with my family at the holidays. This was one of the the things that we liked to do, Aww. and uh, we we liked to play Parcheesi. And I real I haven't done it in years, decades probably, um, but I I loved playing it, and I fucking loved blockades <laughs> <laughs> enough that I remember that. Yeah. You did, and you do, mm -hmm. and you do. After all these years, blockades. Okay, winning the game. Move all four pieces to the home position wins the game. So you get all four of your pieces into that mandala, and you win. You know what this game kind of reminds me of that I remember loving as a kid. It reminds me a lot of mm -hmm. Sorry. I've never played that. Not knowing 
at all really like the inner workings of Parcheesi. I can just say that <laughs> visually it looks very similar. You start in a circle and then you want to get all the way around the board back to mm-hmm. another circle. And you want to mm-hmm. get your four walkies there <laughs> before everyone else does. There's no dice, though. You draw cards and the cards tell you what to do. Mm. Okay, so similar, but yeah. not not the same. And no blockades. No, then I'm out. Which is which is really <laughs> sad. <laughs> this is clearly the most important thing to me is being able to have blockades. On um, my mother's side, so the Earth side, they were really into Monopoly. Oh, I used to love some good Monopoly. Um, I remember trying to learn how to play. Lots mm-hmm. of fighting around board games is what I'm remembering here because I learned to play <laughs> with my Earth cousins and my eldest Earth cousin, who you know, for the sake of like you know being respectful, I'm gonna like not name who this one Earth cousin was. They were the eldest of the Earth cousins. They were attempting to teach me and one of my younger Earth cousins how to play, and they were teaching us, but also I think sort of cheating. <clears throat> oh no we're not like cheating but like they were they were teaching they like they were teaching us but then they were doing it in such a way that like they were the banker and so like they sure it just sure, it seemed sure. shifty like i was young mm-hmm. my other cousin was young we were too young to understand exactly what was happening but we didn't like it and so then <laughs> i was trying to play along even though at this point i was like i hate this game this is awful why did we have to come here for earth christmas but then my younger earth cousin <laughs> just like tipped the board <laughs> Oh, wow. A, a full-on tip. A full-on tip. And was like, it was an accident. And then laughed and laughed. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked Monopoly. I never liked being the banker because I, I wasn't very good at math. Um, yeah, so that that was hard for me. Um, I, I see now that you can get Monopoly that has, like, credit cards. So you don't have dollar bills in the bank. I don't quite know how it works, but that that would have been better for younger me. Yes, like I could. I'm wondering how the game is structured because there's a part of me that's like, is it teaching people to just like overcharge their credit card? <laughs> What's happening here? Oh my god! I don't. I don't mean to laugh. You're probably right. No, that's it's probably teaching us terrible rules. When um when I was a tween. There was a game about like going to the mall and you had you had a card and you could like buy stuff at the mall with your credit card. <laughs> Malls were a big thing in in the eighties and into the early nineties. Yeah, in I case still, like, you are not of that age, friend at home. Yeah, no, it's good to tell people that. Um they you could also learn it, you know, from some like popular cinema. Not the least of which is uh, Stranger Things. They had a big mall episode or arc in the sure. third season. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, the, whatever the most recent one was. Yeah, I think the third. <clears throat> I have to confess, I never watched season three. Oh, it's yeah. cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tried. I don't know what was happening. I think I that was like during a period, because I think I did this with the Umbrella Academy 2, where I tried to start shows while I was sick. Mm. <sighs> And I I learned I've learned from that experience that like I shouldn't do that. Unless it's like the the lightest of all possible shows, like, you know, an Emily in Paris. Oh. <laughs> Chef's kiss. It's such beautiful trash. 
It is wonderful. Wonderful, beautiful trash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Such terrible accents. Oh, you can fully so... tell who's not actually French. So terrible. And amazing that Emily makes it through her entire year in Paris and learns nary, nary a French sentence. <laughs> right? Oh, it reminds me, I went to... Um, I went to Paris as a younger person with my French class. Um, hashtag privilege. And <laughs> uh, I did not know. I did not know enough French to be wow. in France. Um, I remember asking, could I have some more low, please? <laughs> I think they were just like, oh, my God, these horrible American children. Yes. And... I feel like the only way to like really learn a language is to be in the environment. And you were trying mm-hmm. at least. Like you weren't like Emily in Paris who was like sending back her steak five times. No, it was a little hard though because I was a vegetarian. I was like, vegetarian? <laughs> yeah, that would be really hard in I'm pretty sure I wound France. up eating French fries that had like been fried in horse, but I'll never know. <laughs> <Horse>. <laughs> This is reminding me of when I studied abroad in Senegal in college. And uh, one of, there's so many stories from this study abroad trip that I could tell right now, but the one I'm going to tell is <laughs> another person who will remain nameless for privacy. Um, they, to, punish, to punish the guilty. <laughs> they decided over Lent or for Lent, to fast. Okay. Um, And here's the thing, like, if you've ever, like, lived in another country for, like, longer than a week, Mm -hmm. the nutrition is different from what you're used to, regardless of what country you're in. And it, it, Mm -hmm. it's quite an adjustment on your body. Mm -hmm. And so based on the time that we had all arrived, like, I all of our bodies had just sort of like started to adjust and then this human decided that they would fast for For I think it was like 40 days and just drink water (gasps) and I I think I think I don't want to I I think I don't want to hate on anybody's religious practices no no this was dangerous this was definitely dangerous (laughs) because they were also like you also in in Senegal, as in many places, it's not that the water isn't safe to drink. It's that if you are not from Senegal or the surrounding countries, right. like, you don't have the right gut bacteria to drink the water. Mm-hmm. You need to kind of slowly get used to it. And so this human was also just like drinking the water and they had to have been eating something because though they lost a ton of weight, mm-hmm. um, I just don't see how they could have like survived for that long just well, drinking and function. water and functioned well i mean like functioning was questionable but i like i see your point like they were moving <laughs> around but like i remember at the time because this was all part of like this was associated with a college program too like one of our advisors sitting down with them and being like please we respect your religious beliefs <laughs> they were like in all in our culture we don't do this like we fast for ramadan but like then we eat at night are you eating at night could you please just eat something at night eventually one of the heads of the program had to travel wow. from the United States to Senegal to make the, and 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 they were like please 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 stop doing this 
student declined and they had to sign a waiver well yeah that makes sense you know because like the program was like we don't want to be liable like we're advising you to you know do things that involve like you know ingesting enough nutrients to survive and you are making a different choice So we started with games and we ended with fun times traveling <laughs> in different lands. Sort of. <laughs> wow, but we really do not stay on track well. We don't, but I think that this brings up, this is a wonderful experiential in vivo example of one of the power, the, one of the powerful aspects of games, which is that they mm. help us talk about things and process things. Mm-hmm. While we're playing a game, we're, we're, you know, we're playing the game and we're, we're joining, we're connecting, we're having hopefully a positive relational experience unless, you know, you're past me and you're learning Monopoly. Um, <laughs> but when it's a positive experience, you, 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 you storytell, you learn about each other. One creative process begets another creative process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh... What's coming up for me is I'm thinking about the the people in my life who are either really com- no who are really competitive. Yes, I I was gonna say two different things, but really what I mean is competitive. Mm-hmm. Like I, um, there there was some there is someone in my life who uh, let's use Scrabble. Um, oh, this person oh no. like knows every Scrabble rule and like all the two letter words you can make that like you have to look up in the dictionary and i'm like you know what you're not fun to play with no and i like and i like to play scrabble but i like to just play i don't i don't really like playing to win like if i win that's cool but um there's someone else in my life as a younger person this human played to win and if they didn't win it was like a whole thing. And like, this isn't fun. <laughs> there was a period of my life in my teenage years where I was like, I just don't like games. I had that too. We talked about that um, just a year or so ago at a convention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I really thought <laughs> I didn't like games because I was around competitive people. Mm-hmm. And it it wrecked the gaming experience for me. Like, and if you're a listener, mm-hmm. if you really love competitive gaming, like I salute you, I am here to fight for your right to competitively game. Absolutely. It's just not my vibe. No, I, I just want to play mm-hmm. and like, I'll, I'll play, I'll play strategically. Well, sure. Yeah. Right. It's not like I'm trying to lose, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm not going to sit there and be like, Neener, neener, person across the table from me, take that, etc. Like, I might do that, <laughs> but like in a way that would be joking and, for me, for lack of a better adverb here, I guess playful. Mm-hmm. Right, because we are playing. Well, and like games with like young. I was going to say with young children, but I'm going to like really pull that back. Part of what games help us work on are distress tolerance skills, like how to engage emotionally with other people mm-hmm. while using distress tolerance skills. Yeah, so it's well, fun, it, creative exercise, that's... and that like you don't, you know, the the like the goal is not to like leave the game feeling so bad and so upset that you never want it, that you think when you're a teenager that you don't like games. <laughs> <laughs> 
right, I never want to play again. Right. Because this was so awful. Um, and yeah. yeah, I definitely, I had a, I had a period of time where I didn't want to play games either. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ugh, th- this isn't fun. I just want to play. Like, um, I really, I really like trivia games, which you know. Um, I do. I it's like, so sad I've, that Trivial Pursuit pulled off its online I know. component. I just want to, I just want to play dumb trivia games. Um, but like the, I don't know, is it the Jackbox? They have a. They have a trivia game. It's just like not yeah. hard enough. I need it to be harder. Yeah, that one is pretty, pretty low stakes, that trivia game. Mm-hmm. This is making mm-hmm. me think we should try out Word with, Words with Friends because it was Scrabble and Monopoly that were the two that, again, Earth relatives were just mm-hmm. very turned about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, in, in my home, um, scra- we played a lot of Scrabble. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was tough because both of my parents uh, were writers, yeah, and editors, and they just they just knew too many words. It was annoying. Yeah. Um. But then, uh, for Trivial Pursuit, my dad just had the, like I don't know what he had to get rid of in his brain to retain all of this, but he just <laughs> he he had a a depository. Repository? I know it's not suppository. It's not suppository. Just right where my brain went. I think it's repository, actually, now that we're sitting with all three words. <laughs> um, of just all this inane information. And, uh, you know, listeners at home, I'm sure you've heard a little bit about my dad. Um, he's a very, like, renaissance dude. He also liked sports. So it's like he oh. would know, right? So he would know about World War II stuff and he would know like who won what sporting event. Sure. In whatever year. And he would know, you know, he, he would know literature. And, mm-hmm. Like he just, he, he stomped all categories. And so what we would do is we would play the whole family. So me and my sisters, my two sisters, and my mm-hmm. mom against my dad. So we would all be one team <laughs> against him. And he would still win. Oh, my God. And to be fair, yeah. Trivial Pursuit, when you're a kid, is really hard. Because there are all these questions yeah. about history. Mm-hmm. And it's like pop culture history. Mm-hmm. Which, at that age, like, I don't know. Right. I bet if I played a straight-up Trivial Pursuit today... Mm-hmm. Aside from sports questions, yeah, that, w- that would be my bet. I could really own, especially if it was like specifically like '90s related or something. Yeah, no, you'd kill '90s and '80s. You do really well, but actually, that's mm-hmm. a great point. Like, I remember we used to go to this pizza place that was in Minnesota. I don't know if they still have a chain there. It's from it's an Illinois based chain um, called Aurelio's Pizza. And I remember when we would go to Aurelio's Pizza, we'd sit there and it would have Trivial Pursuit cards on the table. And I remember as a kid mm-hmm. like reading them. <laughs> as a way of learning (laughs) oh look at you finding ways to learn because i was like god i don't know the answer to any of these questions um my parents did not want to play the game with me and so i was like it's fine i will use this opportunity to learn facts about jackie robinson (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah (laughs) yeah so yes, we'll have to find a way to do Trivial Pursuit somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I like I like trivia games. Um, so uh, initially, when we started talking about like what we were gonna talk about on this pod, yeah, um, we're like, we just need more joy. Yes, like there just there just needs to be some lightness and some whimsy and some joy as we're as we're entering twenty twenty one. Because that's that's what I want to manifest in twenty twenty one is some lightness and some play. And we are we are having this podcast on New Year's Eve. And so it felt like a very appropriate time to Yeah, to talk about games. How do you game at a distance? Well, I have really gotten into Elder Scrolls online mm-hmm. in a in a big, big way. Did you play um, with other people? I mean, other people are there. Because <laughs> it's like this huge, like, online, in real-time gaming experience, which... Like World of Warcraft? Similar to World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. yeah. It's actually been really nice because we have had to just, like, be v- very locked down for... God, what has it been? Ten months now? So many months. Um, so like when you've done that, you start to miss small things that you never would have thought you would miss. So like one of the mm-hmm. things I miss is like, I miss lots of people moving past me. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and you get that all the time in this game because uh, there's a ton, there's like thousands of people r- like moving through this world and they'll just like run by you. And when they run by you, like their little like gamer handle will show up if you are able to highlight them with your little cursor. Mm-hmm. So it'll be like Scoobs McGee 24. <laughs> and can you say sup Scoobs? I guess you could you could chat them. I thus far mm-hmm. I never have. But simply feeling like uh, there are other like beings around with their avatars just like living their lives and like selling stuff at the mercantile market and like you know riding their <laughs> winged steeds. Mm-hmm. It's nice. And um, like you can, if you want, there's these things called, there are these things called guild boards and you can like join up and like join guilds and, um, then do all kinds of like strategic like battles and things together. We haven't done that, but what we have done is there are these things called Harrow Storms, which are just like, imagine a bunch of big baddies in the same place where there's also a tornado that's red. Hmm. That's oh, a Harrow so Storm. This is like Sharknado. That's like Sharknado, absolutely. And so, like, if you see one <laughs> off in the distance, you can ride there. We're very low level because we just started, like, two months ago, so we just have, like, brown ponies. So we ride our brown ponies there. <laughs> <laughs> Do people say mean stuff to you because you only have a brown pony? Um, If they are, I keep the chat box really small so I can't really see them. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, we'll ride our brown ponies to the Harrowstorm, and then we'll jump off, and then there's usually just, like, a shit ton of people there. Mm-hmm. And then we will, we will, um, partner has, like, a, a crossbow that they use, and I am a mage. And so I, I hurl a lot of, like, lightning bolts at these different bad guys, and then um, either either I die and I don't get any loot, or I'm able to revive with these things called gemstones, and then I, I keep helping, and then we defeat the Harrow Storm, and then we all get a bunch of loot at the end. That's fun. Mm-hmm. So it's like a communal task, and it works for me because as an introvert, I mean, 
you could meet a lot of people and get connected. I don't need to do that. I just need to know that I'm doing a task with another human or group of people. And that's enough for me mm -hmm. to get that yeah, like, I get communal that. head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Because I, I, I miss that too. Just being in the spaces with people. Yeah. Like even people I would not interact with. Like I, like, man, I miss just standing in a line at a right. coffee shop and like, so you know, a couple is fighting and you're like, God, I want to give them my business card. And like, <laughs> oh yeah. <clears throat> you know, just like life mm -hmm. is happening and around you, you, even if you are not a part of it, you are witnessing mm -hmm. life happening. Yeah. And like parallel play at a coffee shop is such a great. You know, like you're mm -hmm. there, you're maybe like you're like, I'm usually working on some things. A bunch of people are reading, they're having conversations. Mm -hmm. They're, yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're, you're working, you're reading, you're playing on your phone. You're just sitting there drinking your coffee and staring at people like yeah. a creeper. Right. There was one of the baristas at the coffee shop right outside my office. I, they, they seemed like a really nice human. We would like... Mm -hmm. I don't even, well, I don't remember what we would talk, like, it was not consequential what we would talk about, but we, like, we had jokes, mm -hmm. and it was just nice yeah. to, I sometimes think about her, mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, I hope she's okay. Right, right, you don't know. I don't know, yeah, we were not close enough for me okay. to, right, we weren't close enough for me to, like, really, like, know her name or contact her, and if I did, that would be kind of creepy. Um, nonetheless, well wishes to her. <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> if you somehow, if you somehow found out that we have a podcast and you've been listening to it and you are the barista in that coffee shop, yes. you would please message us <laughs> and let us know you're okay. We would really appreciate that. We hope all is well for you. Definitely appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact about our producer, who is such a 101 smoke show. That when they went, he, he is he's a he's a hot Tatrotsky. When he would go to this this coffee shop called Dark Matter, he would always get free coffee. Hmm. Didn't matter who the barista was. They just, just looked always. at him and they were like, "There is a beautiful man, and his beauty is such that he deserves <laughs> the free coffee." <laughs> this also happened at our local pastry shop right around the corner from us. I would make him go because when he would go, we would get like free things. Like we'd get like, f like extra macarons that we did not pay for. <laughs> Sometimes we would only what? be charged for one croissant when we ordered three. And when I was there, I paid full <laughs> price. There were no extra macarons. Poor boy. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. And see... Listeners at home, if you're like, this doesn't have anything to do with play. Ha ha. Mm -hmm. Wrong. This is play. No, go ahead. Well, no, I mean, just exactly this. Sharing stories and laughing yeah. and being silly. Mm-hmm. Like, is it a structured game? No. No. But this, I mean, this is how we play. Mm -hmm. We're, you know, we're meaning-making creatures. We love yep. stories. Yeah. This is free play. And mm -hmm. honestly, you know, what those baristas and the, the, the pastry sellers were doing, that was that was a certain kind of play there too. <laughs> One was some spiritual play, you know, you know, giving paying tribute to the Buddha. 
Um, and then the other, you know, there was there was some some romance, some flirtation play that was happening there. Like mm-hmm. uh, how on Dragon Age you can flirt with everyone, which is a video game that I play a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And like, yeah, you can flirt with everyone all the time. Even if like they're not like romanceable. So like in Dragon mm-hmm. Age, you can you can like have relationships with one or more of your teammates. No, no, it's one. They get upset if you try to do two. There's oh, they don't in poly. They, they don't have ethical polyamory yet in the game, which I think is a they really should. Like it's a blind spot for them. <laughs> they should really be working on that. Um, but at any rate, yeah, you can flirt with everyone, and it's it's just part of the play. Um, and they did this really great thing with Dragon Age 3. There's this total dreamboat Dorian. If you ever played <laughs> Dragon Age Inquisition, Justine, you would adore Dorian. He is just... Just my type. Just your type in every way. <laughs> Maybe not every way, but in like a lot of ways. Um, he's very muscled. He has wonderful hair. He has this like vaguely mm-hmm. European accent. Nice, nice. Into all of that. Funny, flirty. He's a mage. Mm-hmm. Um... But at any rate, like, if he Give is... Give him my number. <laughs> uh, he's gay. And so if you present oh, as... Oh, just straight up gay? Just straight up gay, which is... All right. Somewhat... Like, I was surprised that that was the case for Dorian. But also, I was like, you know, I... I respect your choices, man. Um, I would have pegged him to be more pansexual, but there it is. Mm-hmm. Um and so if you if you present if your care if your avatar presents and identifies as a woman, you can do all this playful banter, mm-hmm. but then there's when you try to get serious, he's like, Oh dear, I'm so sorry. I thought you knew. <laughs> this is just that. this is just play. Are are you gonna be alright? Yeah, it's really great. It's like <laughs> I know I'm beautiful. <laughs> are you gonna be okay? Yes. <laughs> He's like, I have this effect a lot on people. It's like a game we do, but like, I'm sorry if you took it too seriously. I love that, and I, lo- I mean, I love, I love flirtatious play. Yes, as as long as everyone is like in on the joke. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. I think I think flirtatious play can always be. It has the potential to be dangerous or damaging, sure. depending on who your who your playmate is. Right, and whether or not they understand what they're consenting to, I guess. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I don't this is gonna come as no surprise to really any I mean, even if you're new here and you've heard now like 30 minutes, you're gonna be like, oh yeah, that tracks. I don't do a lot of flirtatious <laughs> play. Um it's just it's not my vibe. <laughs> what is funny though is that the two humans who are closest to me, namely you, sir. And my partner, you both are really into flirtatious play. (laughs) (laughs) And my partner is too. Yes, it's true. He is as well. So it's just, it's one of those things that is interesting to me that like, here that is. (laughs) (laughs) You've surrounded yourself with Dean Winchesters. I really have. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a good balance there, you know, there's, there's room for both parties to grow. And learn from the other. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can always tone it down a little bit. Yeah. And I can always like learn. I feel like I'm at a very good place in terms of like play and gaming. But like, God, like when you and I first met, I had a lot of room to grow. <laughs> well, not with gaming, though, right? Like, weren't you like 
a video gamer well, when I met you? Yes and no. Like even there, I was sort of probably a third of the way on my journey because um, I had played video games off and on. I've mentioned this in other pods that like my parents were not down with me having video game access um, mm. except for like number munchers on the school computer I learned fractions um, <laughs> oh my god it was called number muncher it sure was and when you did it all right then the little number muncher guy would eat them all and he'd be so full and happy and I'd be like yes I got him a good deal <laughs> Aww, that's nice I know, right? um and or Poor me, I couldn't, I couldn't be the banker in Monopoly. No, it couldn't <laughs> be the you banker. Were, <laughs> and you were number munching. I was number munching. Um, so other than like number munchers and the occasional <laughs> Oregon Trail and like... Um, oh God, I fucking loved Oregon Trail. Right. You know, you had to be a doctor. I never figured out how to do it though, where my whole family lived. It was usually just like whoever was the doctor and one child. And you start <laughs> with like seven or something because, you know, pioneer days. Um but at any rate, like by the time I hit adulthood, I hadn't played in a really long time. I didn't have access. And it was one of the many benefits of meeting the person who became my partner because they're a really mm -hmm. big gamer. And so I got back into it with them. But the side effect of being raised in a household where there was a lot of competitive gaming happening mm. or like competitive tabletop games that would happen sure. is I, I, didn't, I didn't know how to like let go and just like learn how to game and explore the world. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of like built up tension because I was like, "Oh my god, what if, what if the banker gets upset from Monopoly? Like the banker wasn't there anymore, literally, but it was emotionally still there for me." And mm -hmm. so I had to like work through some of that. I had to like I had a lot of learning that I got to do around whether or not I was into competitiveness in with games. Spoiler alert: I was not. But I had to like move through a lot of that. And I think I'm just putting this together now because my most consistent relationship with video games was number munchers growing up. <laughs> I could sometimes get really, I wouldn't know when to stop. And I remember I was playing, I was playing Twilight Princess. And for those of you listeners who are Zelda gamers, you know that when it's time for like the final boss it it's like a series of usually like four to six epic battles. I did not know this. Oh. This was something that I learned the first time mm -hmm. I played a Zelda game, which was Twilight Princess. And I was going along, I was going along, and I was like gripping the joystick so tightly. Oh. And my partner was with me. And at one point, he turned to me and he was like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm not even having fun anymore, but I have to do this. And he was like, whoa, <laughs> if you're not having fun anymore, you shouldn't do this. Right. Fun is the most important part of games. And I was like, no, it's not. It's munching numbers or whatever I said. <laughs> <laughs> munch, munch, motherfucker. Oh, God, you got to get it. You got to learn the math, right? <laughs> Fractions. <laughs> I just picture like Cookie Monster, but like violent Cookie Monster. <laughs> and that was the, very much the beginning of my awareness of, oh, wow, like it is supposed to be fun. I have, I've learned some of these skills from competitive gamers because that's how I grew up. They're not mm -hmm. serving me anymore. I don't want these anymore. How do I pass these back 
mm-hmm. you know, to like pull from our, our most recent or our last episode, how do I compost these? <laughs> yeah. And so when you and I met, I was like, I was, it was right around the time that I was like, oh God, I have a lot of skills. I need to figure <laughs> out how to compost because they're just mm-hmm. not how I play games. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Because I mean we weren't in a space where we were playing games like we were in grad school we were it's not a it's not a game space well it, although yeah what i was gonna say is um grad school at least for therapists or social workers or other folks who are helpers mm-hmm. um there is a lot of literal role playing yes and i don't know that anyone had more fun with that than me <laughs> i like people would just groan like oh we have to role play and i was like yes i'm gonna <laughs> i just had so much fun with it so i was like we get to pretend you guys mm-hmm. and they're like but we're pretending to be therapists i'm like so we're also pretending to be clients yeah and nobody wanted to work with me because i would always like make up the craziest That's, and i don't I, mean craziest like no most mentally ill wild I'm, what you're talking I'm about is wild what the wildest stories um because i was just having so much fun you would <laughs> one of my real regrets is i don't think i ever ended up in one of your like breakout groups mm-hmm. but i remember um our colleague travis did <laughs> travis and the sex car uh-huh and like <laughs> must have been after class when we were all like hanging out or whatever and he was like god i had no he looked at you and he was like i had no idea where you were going with that <laughs> we were um travis and i were were playing a couple and we were we were in couples therapy mm-hmm. um and it came out that we were we were upset with our child um and i I was mad at Travis because he had either bought our kid a car or lent our kid a car and they had had sex. And so I called the car the sex car. And <laughs> Travis just kept giving me this look like, oh, my God. What, but, what is this? But now, now that you and I are both seasoned therapists, I'm like, absolutely, that w- would happen. <laughs> right. That would be a thing that would bring someone to couples therapy and they'd be really upset about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He thinks it's okay to give our kid a car. Now our kid's having sex. Because of the car. It's a sex car. Like that. <laughs> this could be pulled from real life. Ripped from the headlines. <laughs> Ripped from the headlines. Ripped from the marriage and family therapy journals. <laughs> oh yeah. man. But I I bring up that example to say, like, even when you're in a place where play isn't exactly welcome, mm-hmm. there are still ways to f- to invite it in. Yeah. <clears throat> like, I, if you had asked grad school if grad school was a place for play, grad school would say no. Right. <laughs> well, I think it would depend on who you ask. Mm. I can mm-hmm. see some of our professors and Ramage sure you know what's the client what's the small group exercise that you're doing right like i think that Mm -hmm. yeah i think she probably would have rolled with that Mm -hmm. professor i had for my initially for my like internship experience my practicum professor would have given a different answer 
(laughs) (laughs) But that's a story for another day. Another, another pod, another time. Mm -hmm. You know what this is making me think of, though? A conversation you and I had not too long ago about how um, there is a performative... That's not the word I want to use because it has connotations that I don't mean. There is an aspect to therapy, to being Mm -hmm. a therapist, that involves a certain level often of... Unless, like, it involves a certain level of performance... Or mm-hmm. like drama in the yeah. theatrical mm-hmm. sense of the term, like not in like, you yep. know, like performing a feeling or being performative um, mm-hmm. in more of like the social cultural context, really in like the dramatic sense of the of the term. Unless you're practicing like strict psychoanalytic Freudian therapy where you just sit there and you're like tabula rasa. I'd need to be acting to do that. Actually, you know what? Fair. That's also acting. Mm hmm. Mm. Because that's that's not authentically who I am. No, I am not authentically a person who is like, okay, I'm gonna sit here with a clipboard, and you're gonna you're gonna use transference and just. And I mean, everything that I can deduce about Freud posthumously is that <laughs> he had to be acting too, because he was he was a funny, verbose dude. Mm. So if he really was just like sitting there with a clipboard. That would be channeling a part of himself, thus acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, we can't ask him. But I wonder if that felt playful for him. I don't know. Something to consider. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm just curious. Because I, I, I am happiest. Like, I am... Happiest isn't the right word. I am the most at ease mm-hmm. as a therapist when I am able to be playful with my clients. Yes, that's true for me too. Um it's you know, when when we have when we have established like when we're far enough into the mm-hmm. process we've established our like norms and language and right. you know, what what's the therapeutic fan fiction we're working on and um that mm-hmm. that's when I'm most at ease. Yeah. You know, I hadn't really thought of this in this way but it's part of what for me at this stage in my career makes the intake process yeah yeah i mean i'm i'm not taking on any new clients i'm Mm -hmm. i'm full and i've been full for a while yeah um but the last intake i did i was like oh god this is so boring (laughs) and like boring isn't the right word right because like i'm learning about a fellow human and Mm -hmm. But I'm like, oh, we don't have any shared language yet. I don't. (laughs) Right. And that's and that's the thing that is. Yeah, that makes it feel less. Because for play to happen, Mm -hmm. there needs to be safe structure. Right. The example I often use with clients is the sandbox. A sandbox needs to have a firm enclosure for which the sand to be. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the sand will go everywhere, and then it will just be blown away by the wind. Right, or you have little sand piles. Right, no one wants to play in a sand pile. No, you want to you want to play in like a large sand mound mm-hmm. enclosed in some type of box. Mm-hmm. And the intake process is a lot of it's building the box is what it is. Right. Yeah. And I'm not saying you can't find joy in that. You can. But it limits the amount of 
play that you can do because you're building the therapy sandbox. Right. And like, I will, I'll throw stuff out there to be like, is, is this landing? Mm -hmm. Is this funny thing landing? Mm -hmm. Just like to gauge their response. <clears throat> but it's, it's just, it's not the same level of ease yeah. as with when, when that, when the box has been built and you're going to try some shit in the sand, mm -hmm. not some actual shit. That's upsetting. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, And so even if you're doing something new or different, you can be like, hey, so I have this idea. I have this I have this new shovel. Mm -hmm. We cool with this new shovel? I don't know. Let's try it out. Let's yeah. see if that's see if that lands. Mm -hmm. Let's see how we're feeling about it, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah. But intakes are very much it's all it's so structured. Yeah. Even like I'm not I'm not a very structured therapist, but like. My intakes are fairly structured because there's like certain information you just need to have. Right. Right. And I do, I'm at a place in my career where I finally feel comfortable doing this, where sometimes people will come in to an mm -hmm. intake and I can, I can read the room because that's like what I'm trained to do. <laughs> um, yeah. And within the first 10, like five minutes, it's not even 10 anymore. It's the first five minutes that I'm just like, oh, what this person actually needs right now is real. They, they need to do the therapy. Mm-hmm. Intake is not going to be what best serves them right now. They need to dive in and do the therapy. Mm -hmm. And because of the shittily wrapped gift that was our practicum experience, <laughs> and also working in in-home family therapy where I was paid below minimum wage. And none of your travel. None. Well, like 5% of my travel. So in effect, none of my travel, really. Um <laughs> And constantly just being thrown into wild situations. Mm -hmm. I feel really comfortable. And I do. I'll look at the person and I'll offer them. I'll be like, hey, it seems like you're ready to kind of dive in here. I'm comfortable mm -hmm. with that if you're comfortable with that. Whatever questions I don't get answered that are part of our standard intake, we'll circle back on when you come back in next time. How do you feel about mm -hmm. that? And I would say most of the time, they're like, cool. Mm -hmm. Let's dive in. Yeah. It happens pretty rarely, but I have I've had that happen with families for sure. It's more like you're not going to be answering questions about like, you know, what what is your level of education? What is no, everyone's is, current occupation? These are not useful right now. No. It's, the family is imploding. Yeah, the family is here. It's time to do the work of the fam of mm -hmm. of family therapy. Mm. Yeah. Um but we've we've taken a we've taken a little sidecar off into <laughs> off into like more of like the inside baseball of what are the parts of being a therapist that are inherently playful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which if you are a therapist and you listen, I hope you enjoyed that. Yeah, I hope you did. I hope this was like helpful. And and the final thing that I want to add before we like get off this side road and get back to mm -hmm. the main drag is that you get to learn like part of your journey as a therapist gets to be what are the unique things about me mm -hmm. that I want to bring into my practice as a therapist. Yeah. And this really fits in very nicely to the reality that is no therapist is the best therapist for everybody. Oh, that is so real. And it is mm -hmm. a common misconception. I had it. I think you had it. Um, like when you first got out of your first grad school program, um, this idea that like, I have to be 
the therapist for any and everyone who walks through my door. Right. Everyone who walks through my door, I should be able to serve them with equal skill and grace. Right. And if I can't, whoa. I remember once one of our mutual mentors looked at me and she was like, Larissa, are you telling me that you're considering learning Spanish? (laughs) To better serve this family? And I was like, is that too far? <laughs> yes, but I no, I hear you. Like <laughs> I, I thought about taking other languages. There's all kinds of trainings I considered doing mm-hmm. until I was like, you know what? Yeah. Here are the folks I feel I serve the best. Mm-hmm. And I am in a privileged position as a person in private practice because you know if you're at a big agency you get who you get or a hospital right yeah you you and you got to do your best with whoever walks through the door and ultimately that was what our mm-hmm. mentor helped me to understand is that like listen you're working at mm-hmm. a gigantic agency you have no mm-hmm. you have very little autonomy you have no say in who gets mm-hmm. put on your caseload you do the best that you can to the best of your abilities mm-hmm. with the person they assign you and if you really really feel like it's utterly beyond your scope of course do your best to work with your agency and refer out mm-hmm. right but in that situation there's no way you can be the best person for everybody no yeah. like i've even had friends refer their friends to see me like clients mm-hmm. have a friend they refer to see me and like the friend doesn't like me <laughs> right yeah it's like I was, I I, that doesn't happen super often. Usually friends are a pretty good gauge, but it has happened where it's like, oh, you got to see my therapist. My therapist is great. And the friend is like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a vibe as the kids say yeah. these days. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's not my favorite. Or like that lady plays too much. Like I want... Because some people have an idea of what a therapist should be, mm-hmm. and that's what they want. Yeah. And if like, that, and, I want, and they get to decide that. Even if you as a therapist right, exactly. think that it's in their best interest to have something else, first and foremost, we get to honor our client's autonomy with some obvious exceptions related to safety. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to invite us to turn left back onto the main drag, because again for folks who like maybe you're really into inside baseball and or you're becoming a therapist or you are a therapist or thinking about becoming a therapist hopefully that was helpful to you <laughs> if you don't meet either category we're we're getting back on the main track i am curious though if you listener are not in any of those groups is it interesting to hear therapists talk about being therapists or were you just like skipping ahead yeah were you just like yawners thank you thank you next <laughs> <laughs> i'm just curious yeah no i am too hit us up on the gram or on twitter yeah i always like learning about other people's professions so yeah but i i also professionally ask people about themselves so. right you're part of your job is to be professionally curious <laughs> <laughs> so i'm maybe not the not the best measure mm-hmm. uh, but back on to the train tracks 
a chugga chugga choo choo. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm wondering if as we're winding down, it might be helpful to do like a lightning round and just like shout out some games that we think are are fun and maybe particularly applicable during this time when um, though we have vaccines coming out, it's still going to be a little while before it's safe for us to be congregating in closed doors inside mm-hmm. maskless. Yeah. I, I like, I like board games. If you have people in your home to play with, mm-hmm. you can also play online. I, you know, I mentioned Scrabble. I mentioned Parcheesi. I, I feel like I should pick it up again. Um, and uh, Trivial Pursuit. My husband and I do the crossword together. Oh, that's right. You do. I love that. Mm-hmm. I think that's very sweet. And we just, it's its very old people. Good times. It's good times for old people. Um, but you don't have to be old people. No, because you're really, just... I mean, like, you're old, but you're not that old. <laughs> you're living (laughs) um no we so we like to do the new york times crossword um and we you know we go through and if we know one we put it in if we don't know we table it Mm -hmm. and then we we keep guessing until we you know have to look something up (laughs) we don't call that cheating we call that learning Uh, well that's what it is mm -hmm. and then after the crossword we we play the new york times spelling bee where you are given an assortment of letters and you have to see how many words you can make with those letters. Look at you two lit nerds over there. <laughs> Just living your best gaming life. I love it. Right, and Well, and here are things that are, you know, we don't necessarily think of as being playful. Mm. You know, well, let me rephrase. The... What I just listed, the crossword specifically, that's one that's like become so ingrained as being an acceptable form of play that we yes. don't even think of it as being playful anymore. Huh. I, no, like, that's totally fair. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, for folks who like my my ancient relatives who have now all passed away who would do the crossword you know in the mm-hmm. newspaper with a pen like <laughs> right. they they said they did it to you know make their brains better right but like they're playing yeah they're playing i mean and, play does make our brain you know it makes all kinds of things better mhm right and it's and for me it's fun cuz it taps into my whole trivia thing mm-hmm. you know and like word puzzles and word play yeah um, that's that's very true mhm you know, and uh, it's so exciting when you know the thing, when when you're just like, oh, I know that one. Uh, <laughs> and yes. just, you know, it's straight up. You don't even have to think about it. <laughs> um, yeah. So those those are things I like to do. I also um, I I like to be playful. Mm, I was about to say I like to be playful with my body. And then I realized, <laughs> let me go. Let me take us in a direction that I think will get us there, but without sex. not that there's anything wrong with that as long as it's consensual and you're adults right exactly it's just it's not the usual tenor of this podcast um (laughs) and that's the kind of thing that like i'd want to i'd want to let people know so they could make an informed choice about how and under what circumstances and with whom they were listening to the podcast Um, this made me think of wordplay 
mm-hmm. which I take so for granted because I just do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Very similar to what you're talking about, the crossword puzzle that I'm just like, oh, this is just like right. a thing that I do, but it absolutely is playful. So mm-hmm. in the in our most re- in our last episode, I talked about how my partner and I will do we have real person fan fiction of Peter Jackson and his wife friend and that i will like improv act out their roles and i realize i do this all the time so i used to have this bit that i would do um with when one of martha stewart's dogs won like the dog championship and i saw a picture of the chow i i did i came up with a voice that i thought the chow would have and so i would like do the chow voice Mm -hmm periodically yeah. like at random throughout the home i found it to be quite funny and i i think my partner did too you and i do wordplay all the time like we're very elaborate and detailed mm-hmm. storytellers we have the ability to like go back and forth mm-hmm. um and i'm thinking i work with someone right now who does ac- actually I work with a couple people who do accents and they'll do different accents in therapy based on kind of like what they're what we're talking about what we're playing with and that too is like a very mm-hmm. playful thing Hmm. yeah well and when i said playful with my body mm-hmm. what i'm talking about is like movement yes i i find play in movement um yes so i know there I, there was a very heavy-handed double entendre there but <laughs> i but like i i've mentioned that i you know i'm a yoga teacher i created mm-hmm. a style of yoga that's all about being playful storytelling and play yoga quest and i um some of you, I think I've mentioned on the pod before, I work out with a trainer and I've, when I started working out with him, he's like, what do you, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to train for the zombie apocalypse. And so, you know, when, when we're working out, I'm like, how, how's this helping me in the zombie apocalypse trainer? Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, you need to pick a car up off a child. <laughs> and now... You could probably, because you, you know, you, the 125 pound squats, you could lift up part of a car and that child could like roll out, right? I, I'd have a hard time getting it up because I'm not that, I don't have that much okay. lift yet. Mm-hmm. If something was a, <laughs> if there was something above that I needed to hold mm-hmm. to keep from mm-hmm. landing on a child. Sure. Then you could do that. You could just hold it right here. Uh-huh. very yeah no 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 very like rogue in the x-men cartoon this is also making me think of um like i almost said finger play um and what i mean, <laughs> what i mean by that is like this sparks a lot of joy i don't even care what you're actually talking about <laughs> I remember as a kid playing like cat's cradle or like knitting or crochet or uh, <laughs> jewelry. Handicrafts. Handicrafts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Drawing. Coloring. Finger play. Uh-huh. Yep. I'm dead. <laughs> what a great episode. Um <laughs> But yeah, I I hear what you like crafting is very playful. And again, it's one of those things that has become socially acceptable. Mm-hmm. Oh, which is cool. I, I'm like, I'm not hating on things that are socially acceptable. It's just we don't necessarily think of them as being playful. Yeah. And that it really fills up a need for meaning inside of us. Mm-hmm. Well, and that brings up something, too, that I think sometimes when something has become part of the norm, it can mm-hmm. get 
almost rigid in its structure. Mm-hmm. And then if you're engaging in something that, and it's just maybe not like sparking the joy that it used to do, that might be an indication that that you you need something with a little bit more flexibility and a little bit more spontaneity, a little bit more creativity. Um, mm-hmm. Though it was very hard for me, um, the way that the changes that were made in Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Mm. And it took me a very long time to accept those changes. And I do mean hours and hours and hours of gameplay mm-hmm. of me periodically complaining such that at one point my partner was like, I support you and I'm going in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to support you from a, inside a different room. <laughs> inside a different room where the door is closed and I have my noise cancel <laughs> headphones on. Um, I did ultimately make my way through all of those feelings to really appreciate the amount of flexibility that and room for choice and mm-hmm. creativity and spontaneity that that game really brought um, and can really appreciate it from, from that lens. And it's also then helped me get creative with myself in terms of when I want to play a game, sitting down with and, and being uh, introspective about what am I looking for today? Am I looking for something that's more structured? Do I want something that is more, to use a gamer term, open world? Do I want something that's, something that's shorter, something that's more contained? Do I want to play with somebody else? Am I looking for alone time? So mm-hmm. using that kind of inquiry when you feel a call to play can really help you figure out what game is going to meet your best need. Or, or not your best need, but what's going to meet the need that's most present for you at that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which that makes a ton of sense. <clears throat> you know, it, maybe maybe you want to go video game route. Maybe you want to go playing with yarn route. Mm-hmm. And there's, and I think the, the what I would love for folks to hear if they haven't already is that it it doesn't matter. Like there, there's not a moral good or bad here. As long as your gameplay does not involve hurting someone else without their consent. Well, cause then it's not play. I, d- uh, what I more meant was just because crossword puzzles are socially acceptable doesn't uh. mean go to them. If what you feel like doing is tying knots in a piece of yarn. Right. Right, or playing Parcheesi, or playing online Settlers of Catan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Just because one has the, the broader acceptance of yeah. society mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't make it morally good. And this can be especially challenging if you are sharing your physical space with others who mm, yeah. maybe pass judgment on what you're doing and Mm -hmm. verbalize that judgment to you either in their spoken words or via some sort of text um they you get to notice what they're saying and you get to notice what you feel in response to what they're saying and they're not totally the boss of you even if they're your parents they're not totally the boss of you right you're an autonomous human being Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you get to decide what you do with your mind and body yeah if you notice that you have been doing anything for longer than five hours without breaks, mm. pause, check in with your mind and body. Mm-hmm. And notice, you need to pee. right, you definitely need to go to the bathroom and also like, <laughs> notice what the folks around you are 
sharing with you and naming with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's totally legit. Mm -hmm. You do want to pay attention to not getting completely out of balance. Right. That, that we're only doing one thing to the exception of exclusion of all others. Yeah. Like suddenly you're playing online poker and you realize it's 5am and you started playing at noon the previous day. And you're broke. And you're broke. <laughs> and you haven't gone to the bathroom and you haven't, and you can't remember the last time you could move your, your big toe because you've lost <laughs> feeling in your legs. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't, that, yeah, that, no, that is sad. Um, <laughs> if that in any way, shape, or form speaks to you, reach out and get support. There are mm -hmm. ways to find balance with your games. Yeah, there really is. And, and there are plenty of folks who understand the positive impact of games mm -hmm. and if you go in with problem gaming and let them know you want to find a way to safely game they will help you do that yes they won't make you completely stop gaming well i know that's a big fear and if you lead with that and they they react in a way if they if, if you say that and they explicitly say well like you know any any and all gaming is problematic or something that is mm -hmm. a extreme statement like that then what that lets you know is you get to find a different therapist Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's that's not the only way. No. All right. Well Wow. We talked about a lot of things. I was like not sure if we would have enough to talk about. Well, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, friends. <laughs> we were wrong. Who's the jokester now? Nah. Um, okay, so what what did we talk about today? Games? Let's see. What did we talk about today? <laughs> I mean, we, yes, we talked about Parcheesi. We could name all the games we talked about, but we, uh, we <sighs> talked about uh, play therapy, parallel play. Structured play. Creative play. So many different kinds of play. I'm not going to name all the subtypes, but really our focus today was looking at play both in therapy and in your life and the restorative power of engaging with games with yourself and with others. Yeah. And uh, before we close out, I, I want to extend an invitation to our, to our listeners here on the precipice of 2021 mm -hmm. to just kind of, I don't know, take a little... A little inventory of yeah. where play is in your life and how you're feeling about it and where you might wish to incorporate additional play in your life in the coming year. Mm -hmm. Um because yeah, we're unfortunately we're not coming out of this locked down state of things for a while. Yeah. And it it is hard it and is. of course we sit with, with the difficulty and and then we decide what we do have control over. Mm -hmm. And well, there's so much work to be done um, in terms of, I mean, I'm pausing because I'm just like overwhelmed by all the things that like need our care and our attention, the planet, a fellow human beings, systemic oppression. Um, the list goes on and on and on. And in order to be able to sustainably sustainably be a part of that change, 
Mm-hmm. You need to engage in rest. And part of what that mm-hmm. means is engaging in play. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you could sing, you could dance, you can make up little raps. <laughs> you sure could. I do that. I do that every day. Make up little raps. I did not know that. Wow. Every day. This is great. Um, I've, I've got one for, uh, for Thor, the Pomeranian. His name is Thorkins and he is cute. I like to boop, boop, boop him on the snoot. What does he want? I'll never know. Cause he just borks, borks, borks. He does not show. <laughs> it's really beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, ooh, games we talked about today. Um, we talked about Parcheesi, talked about mm-hmm. Sorry, Monopoly, Scrabble, Elder Scrolls Online, Dragon Age, The Crossword, Spelling Puzzles, <laughs> Handcraft Play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting back. Yep. <laughs> movement. Playful movement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And more. That's always a good way to just get that out of there. Just put that on. Yep. It's the ellipses that turns mm-hmm. into a period. We may be at the helm of the ship, but we know who really keeps us running. Thank you to Ensign Kyle Rebar, who composed our theme song. Thank you to Lieutenant Catherine Mandicat-Duthy, who designed our beautiful cover art. And finally, thank you to our fabulous producer, Lieutenant Commander Brian Therens. Won't you come and play with us? Join us for our next ep, Rebirth and Renewal in the New Year. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and the very best way that you can support our podcast is to subscribe, rate, and especially review us on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to tell your friends. Just a reminder that our book, Starship Therapies, Using Therapeutic Fan Fiction to Rewrite Your Life, is now available for pre-order from your favorite booksellers, so order yourself a copy, or two, or three, and share the news with your social networks. And as always, live, live long and, and prosper. prosper.